Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Down the blind, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elvis. Elvis will score. Elvis will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to review the two games yesterday afternoon, the Sunday afternoon games. We had the New Zealand Warriors defeating the Cronulla Sharks in an unbelievable victory uh, yesterday afternoon, 32-30. to 30. Fucking incredible stuff, we'll get to that in a second. And then of course, the Golden Point Thriller. Uh, we had the Bulldogs coming home against the North Queensland Cowboys there. An unbelievable game as well. <laughs> Sunday afternoon footy, uh, especially for a day in Sydney where, I mean, the weather was pretty bang average, didn't look that great. I wasn't expecting all that much from these games. What it delivered was sensational. Two great games of footy. Um, I mentioned in a podcast earlier today, I was lucky enough to be at the Canterbury Bulldogs game last night. We're up in the Chairman's Lounge with the Canterbury Bulldogs. Shout out to Darushi for listening to this, for getting us up there. Champion fella. And uh, shout out to the Canterbury Bulldogs. Just a really class organisation. I know that, you know, over the last, you know, two to three years, maybe it hasn't seen that way and whatnot, but the way that they... The way that they do game day and everything really was fucking tremendous. It was really cool. Obviously, and I'll get to the game in a second, but the Bulldogs took on the Cowboys last night, uh, making his debut for the North Queensland Cowboys was Riley Price, obviously the son of Steve Price, uh, Canterbury Bulldogs absolute legend, one of the all-time great front row forwards, and uh, he was up in the Champions Lounge, and he got up and spoke at one point, and um, just him talking about the amount of pride he has in the Canterbury Bulldogs jersey and how sad it was to leave, etc., etc. It's really interesting. He, uh, he actually spoke about how he, he'd literally just come from uh, being down in the North Queensland Cowboys change rooms and presenting his son Riley with his first first-grade jersey, uh, and he said that he held himself together really well. There was no tears or anything, nothing like that. Then he got up here, and um, I think it was uh, Maroon that, that, that was interviewing, sort of said, oh, mate, tell us about you know how much it means to you to watch your child achieve something like that. And then I think the emotion sort of hit Steve Price, and he sort of um, – Sort of broke down a little bit on stage. Not 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 broke down, but he got very emotional. He sort of struggled to put it into words. And, you know, the whole room just applauded him. And, you know, it was just a really cool thing to be there for and just see. And uh, you could just hear in Steve Price's voice. He's obviously spent a long time away from the club and whatnot. Um, you know, he obviously went to the Warriors, grew up in Queensland, um, and, you know, has been up at Queensland, back in Queensland for a few years now. Uh, but just come back to the Bulldogs. And it was so good to see where he did this speech. Just happened to be directly behind 
behind him a picture of him and Andrew Bobcat Ryan holding up the trophy in 2004. So shout out to the Canterbury Bulldogs, all their staff and all their admin and everything. Did a tremendous job last night. Myself and Timmy Williams were lucky enough to be there. We were very, very impressed. Canterbury doing a lot of fantastic things on the field, but then off the field as well, uh, doing tremendous things with a tremendous community of people. Uh, fucking unreal what Canterbury are doing. So shout out to them. We'll get to that game very soon. But let's get to the first game. And this one came from Shark Park, myself and Timmy. Uh, we were lucky enough to watch this one from the Locker Room Hotel out there at Homebush. Make sure you go check out that venue when you come out of the train station. It's just to your right. If you were there on Grand Final Day or on State of Origin 1 last year for the live show, it's the pub that we did the live show at just out the front of it. We're on the grass behind it, though. Unbelievable venue. It was unreal. Big screen out the front. It was sensational. Myself and Timmy, uh, we grabbed a couple of brewskis. We sat perched up there. Had a few of you listeners and whatnot come and say hi and come and have a yarn, which was fantastic. And, of course, in this one, uh, the big talk was Nico Hines, especially from a super coach perspective. I brought him in my team. I had him captained. Timmy didn't. So at halftime when he was on about 78, I think it was, uh, it was panic stations for Timmy. We could barely have a conversation. And then as the half went on, of course, the Sharkies kind of went to sleep in the second half. Then this got one try in the second half, despite being so dominant in the first Nico only scored about seven more points. So by the time you guys are listening to this, he's probably updated a little bit. Might have gone down, might have gone up. I'm not too sure, but he finished on about 85, which I think was one of the great wins of all time for non-Nico Hines owners. Devastated me who brought him in. Uh, but yeah, a fantastic game. Obviously, Teague Wilton, he scored the very first try of the day in the first minute. And you sort of thought at that point, oh my God, the Sharks are going to go on a tear here. We tipped you off, Teague Wilton. is the anytime try scorer there. $3.90. Very, very nice. First try as well. Great to see. Mulatalo scored scored next, and then followed by Sianna Katara, and you sort of thought, oh my god, an edge back row, both wingers have already scored, this is going to get very, very ugly, the Warriors, they got themselves back into it, a Wade Egan try, obviously they kicked to the corner of Marcelo Montoya, Ronald Volkman kicked there, batted back into the middle, and Wade, Wade Egan picks it up and scores, Jesse finds a lot of unorthodox ways to score tries, Wade Egan, uh, but managed to pick up that one there, Will Kennedy then, then struck back within about five minutes, and you then sat there and went, okay, they're done here. Like they, they just they can't possibly get their way back into this game. Twenty six to six it was after twenty six minutes, and you just thought, no, nah, they're done. And then all of a sudden, SJ puts Marata near Corey over in the twenty ninth minute. And you think, oh my god, they're back in this. Ten minutes later, he gets Sinbin. You go, fuck, they're back out of it now. I just I, and we we left the locker room hotel uh, probably about fifty minutes into this game and. It was just after the second half. SJ just scored off the kick, and we sort of thought, oh, you know, I, I don't know. Are the Warriors going to get themselves back into this? We're not overly convinced. Surely the Sharkies just find a way to get it done. And I sort of watched the remainder of this game on my phone. Um, so I, I, I will watch it again before we do Bloke in a Bar, uh, well, as I'm recording Bloke in a Bar today, as you guys are listening to this. But, uh, yeah, I just I just thought the resilience shown by the Warriors was fucking tremendous. I thought that the little matchup between Ed Cossie and Mulatalo was fantastic. That Cossie, fuck, he's got ability. If he can just put it all together, get the mistakes out of his game, we, we could have such a talent on our hands here. I'll tell you what was great to see as well. The last try of the day, 67th minute, Josh Curran. He's been on the outer in this team seemingly for 18 months or so. I can't really work out why. I keep hearing rumours that there's a bit of a rift between him and SJ, but fuck, in this moment... 
They linked up perfectly. They embraced after. So once again, I'm asking questions. Why isn't this guy in the side regularly? What's going on? Every time he plays, he fucking kills it, Josh Curran. I'm a huge, huge fan of him. It was great to see him score a match winner here. We obviously had some Simbins here. Uh, near Corey, Dale Finucan. The Dale Finucan one, I sort of saw it on my phone. I wasn't sure if it was a hit drop, to be honest with you. I don't... I, I Sometimes I struggle, struggle to really separate... The ones that are hit drops and the ones that are just rugby league tackles with just momentum and sometimes you end up in awkward spots. I'm happy for someone to tell me I'm wrong there and explain to me why it was a hip drop or whatever, but that one confused me a little bit. It, of course, came very late in the game. We do wish Charles Cook start all the very best there. Um, and then, you know, the back end of this game, and look, it went tit for tat all afternoon. The Sharkies came out with the big lead. The Warriors got, them back to, got themselves back into it. Obviously, Sean Johnson played a starring role. He was fantastic. Scored a try himself. A really poor drop from Renato Molotalo. You all know that I rate him very highly. Really like him as a footballer, but a really, really disappointing drop in that moment who he devastated with that how it ended up costing his team then put Josh Curran over SJ we're starting to see this vintage SJ once again and he's not doing all the fancy steps he's not doing all these amazing things he's just doing his job he is just leading this team around putting them into right spots which is fantastic to see sort of what we've been waiting a very long time to see from SJ came down to the final few minutes the New Zealand Warriors, they got a penalty in the 79th minute. I thought it was a fair call as well. I think it was a penalty. Good on the referees for having the balls to make that decision. I thought it was fantastic. Penalty to the New Zealand Warriors. SJ kicks the goal. 30 seconds to go. 32-30 to 30 after being down 26-6. to 6. And then, of course... They, the Sharkies kick off. Uh, SJ hits it back off an, in an offside position. And Nico Hines, a Dalian medalist of 2022, he's got an opportunity to kick the goal from the sideline on about 30, 40 metres out, whatever it was, just falls short. Uh, I, I would argue that probably on a dry day, I reckon he probably kicks that. Myself and Timmy Williams were talking about that when it all happened. But, yeah, the, the kick fell short. The New Zealand Warriors won. The Sharkies will be kicking themselves about losing this game. They will be fucking filthy, leading 26-6 to at home in wet conditions. You just kicked corners. You get the job done here. They weren't able to do it. But shout-out to the New Zealand Warriors. They are showing so much resilience see at the moment I am so impressed with what I'm seeing from them it is fantastic and this is what this is what I think we you know we've spoken about a few times over the last few weeks that Andrew Webster geez, he's been a really underrated signing I think he's done tremendous things for the club and the way that SJ spoke about him after the game and what he's brought to the club that they did this without Torhu Harris the heart and soul of this club Tomato Martin also out of this game so they've lost their best forward fair to say they've lost one of their better ball players uh, you know I, I, I think that I coming into this season I I probably expected Tomato Martin to be more important than SJ. So for SJ to step up and do a tremendous job so far this year, especially in this game without Tomato Martin, I think it's also worth noting, and I'm just going to check his numbers here, but I thought that Volkman missed a lot of the game. He only played 50 more, 54 minutes, Volkman. He was taken from the field. So what an effort. Bunty Afoa only played 19 minutes. Uh, a sensational effort from the New Zealand Warriors. I am so fucking impressed with what they've achieved this year. Shout out to Jazz Tavanga. Have a look at these numbers. So he played 66 minutes, right? So big minutes for Jazz. Uh, he's no stranger to big minutes, but he hasn't played huge minutes this year. So to come in and play against the Sharkies, that sort of a pack and do what he did. 17 runs for 156 metres, and he made 41 tackles. So shout out to Jazz. He also had uh, a couple of tackle breaks in there. He was three tackle breaks, Jazz. He was everywhere. He is an absolute fucking weapon. I love watching this guy play footy. I was talking to Timmy Williams during the game saying, do you reckon Jazz is going to be a one-club man? 
I probably think he will be, eh? I think that you're never going to have to pay Jazz an absolute mozza. I don't think other clubs will pay Jazz a mozza to get in there. He's got a few injury concerns and whatnot. I think he just genuinely loves this club. And I can honestly see him playing out his entire career at the New Zealand Warriors. It wouldn't shock me, and I think it would be really fitting. 27 years old, he's probably got another six years, maybe the way that he plays, four or five. He's played 110 first-grade games. Shout out to him. Uh, He's just a tough little bastard. It's great to see. Uh, And, you know, you think about all the injuries and everything he's had the last few years. I mean... He's played less than 17 games in one of his last five or six seasons. And the vast majority of them, he's played 20-plus games. So, shout-out to him, Jazz. He is too tough for his own good, but he is such a good footballer. I love everything about him. It was great to see him have a big game today. I think he was raising money for a mate's charity as well over the last few weeks. So, I think ran a 10K today whilst going through chemo. So, shout-out to him. A tremendous effort there. But Jazz Tavanga, absolutely love him. Uh, I thought Jackson Ford was solid in this one as well. Did a couple of really nice... Nice things as he does just about every other week. 41 tackles, two missed. Very, very solid. Wade Egan scored a nice try, did some good things. Very solid footballer, Wade. I don't think he's ever going to be like a superstar hooker or anything like that, but I think he's well and truly a first-grade hooker. Holds his own. Uh, a really all-round ga- all round good game. Chance, another 200 run metres of 24 runs. Really solid. Uh, yeah, shout-out to the Warriors. The the attitude and everything that they're showing at the moment, the way they've turned so many things around has been fucking tremendous. And at 26-6, I think we all thought the same thing. Oh, fuck, here we go. Same old New Zealand Warriors. They impress us. They do this, they do that, they do this, they do that against half-decent sides, come up against a good side, and it's fucking house of cards falling over. The complete opposite. They fight their way back into this game, and they manage to beat the Cronulla Sharks at Shark Park. Tremendous stuff with you know without their first choice five eight their second choice five eight's gone. You might even answer. You might even tell me that there he's their third choice five eight Volkman behind Luke Metcalf. They lose Torhu Harris, who is the heart and soul of this fucking club. No Mitchy Barnett as well. I mean, the more you think about this Warriors victory, the more impressive it is. So shout out to them, a tremendous victory there, and shout out to Sean Johnson, uh, who is just doing amazing things at the moment. Love watching him playing footy at the moment, and great to see a guy like him bounce back for the Sharkies. Uh, conceded 32 points. Simply not good enough for this side. I understand the Warriors, they conceded 30. I get it 100%. But the Sharkies, when you're leading 26 to 6, you've got to be better than this. This is that they are a team. The Warriors are a team that is building at the moment. The Sharks are a team that. In my opinion, if they don't win a comp this year, they would they should be considering this season to be a failure. They are in the premierships business right now. Are they at that level of the Panthers, the Roosters, these sort of sides? Probably not. But I think them in Brisbane, they've got a squad and they're all at there at a really sweet spot at the moment that they should be aiming for a premiership this year. And the sort of performance that they put in yesterday for parts of it was fantastic. I mean, they got out to twenty six six and it was like they were in a fucking training run. They weren't. Everything was just coming so smoothly. Everything was coming so easy. All all of a sudden, the Warriors put up a bit of a fight, and you get to see the underbelly of the Sharkies. What are they made of? And last year, I think they would have absolutely shit him for this game. But this one, very, very disappointing afternoon for the Sharkies. I think that, you know, a, a lot of teams go, okay, we lost by two points. But I think the Sharks, they will be filthy, absolutely fucking filthy with how this one played out. And in my opinion, so they should be. 41 missed tackles. Uh, simply not good enough. I think that is something that uh, obviously the coach he'll be looking at and he'll be very, very disappointed with. And this is how their season finished last year, conceding a heap of fucking points, scoring a lot, don't get me wrong, but conceding a lot as well. And that is simply not good enough. And they, you will not be able to win a 
competition if you're willing to concede this many points. And all you have to do is look at the last few years. I think I went through the numbers the other day. Of the last six teams to win premierships, five of them had the best defense in the regular season. The one that didn't was the team that had the second best defense and they beat the first best defense in the grand final, which I believe was the 2020 Melbourne Storm side. So defense matters. This is something the Sharkies have to fucking sort out. Attack comes easy for them. They got no worries there. I'm not concerned in the slightest about their attack. It's their defense. They've just got to get it all sorted. Um, yeah, there was a couple of guys there that come with some really, really poor defensive efforts there. I'll wrap him to the cows, come home, Teague Will, and scored the first try, which is all good and real well, but defensively, fuck, he, yeah. when he misses tackles, he misses really, really poor ones. Had four missed tackles today, which isn't a disaster, but I think two of them led to tries, and one of them on Nair Corey really let the Warriors back into it, and it wasn't an amazing play. It wasn't anything special. It was a simple one-on-one tackle that, you know what, he didn't even have to make. All he had to do was just hold on to him for a split second more, and the other boys would have come in, but he wasn't able to do it, Teague. So uh, it's something that he's got to work on because Wade Graham, he's going to be available over the next few weeks. We know that he will be reliable there. Wilson's fantastic in attack. He's unreal for this side. But it's those little moments that can prove to be very, very costly. And if I was Cronulla Sharks and Craig Fitzgibbon, I'd be looking back to that missed tackle and I'd be looking back to Molotalo's drop ball there that turned out to be very, very costly for this side. You know, it's hard to say too much about the Sharkies because, you know, they, they were so good in attack. They were so good and they you know what has to be fixed here. It's just their defense that has to be sorted. It is a little bit of a worry for me that they went and did this in the final series last year, got their pants pulled down, very embarrassed, and they've come back this season and the defense hasn't been fantastic. That was at Shark Park in the wet. I mean, that that the, the Warriors shouldn't have got to 12 points, let alone 32 in my opinion. I know they played well. I know they're, they're a better team than what everyone's giving them credit for. But they aren't a team that's looking to win a premiership this year. They're, they're a team that is building, and they're building in the right direction. They're building very quickly. But the Sharkies, they're a team that should be looking to win a comp this year. And that sort of a performance, very disappointing. Shout-out to the Warriors, though, and shout-out to you Warriors fans. Enjoy that win. Fucking enjoy it, because you guys deserve it. You've been through a lot of shit over the last few years. And to see your team go to Shark Park, big one for SJ as well. Huge game for SJ with the New Zealand Warriors under a lot of pressure going back to Shark Park. That's been his home for the last two or three years. This Warriors side, under pressure and everything, he goes there and has the game that he has and kicks the winning goal. Shout out to SH. Tremendous to see one of the real good guys in rugby league. The late game, we mentioned that we were out there at this one. The hospitality of the Canterbury Bulldogs off the charts, as per usual. Tremendous stuff. Um, Yeah, look, we... um, we tipped you another cracking multi here, just quietly. Our two anytime try scorers were Tommy Dearden and Jacob Preston. Uh, I think that Preston was at $4.90. Dearden was at about $5.30 or something along those lines. They both scored in the first 20 minutes. So if you got on that one, thanks for coming. That's all that we needed. That was a huge little multi there. I think I've got the odds up here for it. No, I don't. But yeah, $4.90 and $5.30. Sorry, Tommy Dearden, $4.90. Jacob Preston, $5.30. So that was very, very juicy there if you got on that one. Tommy Dearden scored the first try. Brilliant vision. Chad Townsend uh, put him away down the right side. He saw there was no fullback at home. Tommy Dearden, chip and chase. Fantastic. You'd love to see that. This kid is just an absolute goer, and I think there's always value for him as an anytime try scorer. The doggies, they then bounce back. Jacob Preston, Timmy Williams, boy, one of our favorites. We said to you on the preview yesterday, he's at about $5 for an anytime try scorer. He will score a try once a month. He is that sort of a footballer. This afternoon, he scored two tries. So he scored a try in the 18th minute and a try later on. 
always value on Jacob Preston. I hope you got on today because I think you'll start to see the betting market start to wise up to Jacob Preston. He will score a lot of tries this year in this Canterbury side, and I think eventually he'll be a guy that you'll be getting maybe $4. And I reckon in a few months we'll be looking at Jacob Preston going $4 as value there. At the moment, you can get fives or so. So enjoy it whilst we can because the betting agencies will click very soon and we'll lose a lot of value on Preston. Two tries in this one. Josh Adokar scored at the very back end of the game. Uh, and, of course, Matty Burton had an opportunity to kick it from the sideline, hit the post and bounced away. It was just – this just had rugby league written all fucking over it. It was tremendous. Then we went to Golden Point, And, of course, Matt Burton, he gets the ball down the left side on about his own 20 or 30, I'd say. I was out there at the game, guys, so I'm talking very vibe. I haven't been able to go back and watch it just yet. Chips over the top. Such a ballsy play. If he fucks it up, if the Cowboys get the ball, they're in great field position. they got a whole set of six to set up. But Matty Burton, he just completely backs himself, finds Josh Adokar. He chips over the top again. And, of course, a football, the way that it can bounce is just devilish sometimes. Bounces straight over his head. You think, oh, my God, where's this going? Ball ends up rebounding another 15, 20 metres backwards. Jacob Preston dives on it. Then comes the moment. He's just done the chip over the chop. He's he's already rolled the dice. Then he gets the ball from the tram line on about 35 metres out. Matty Burton hits a left footer, a perfect snap, and kicks the field goal for the Doggies to win in Golden Point. Unbelievable scenes for the Canterbury Bulldogs. And, you know, this hasn't come easy. They're missing Luke Thompson. Maxi King had to go off at one point. Raymond Fitala Mariner went off. Canterbury, they really had to fight for this one, and they dug deep, and I thought they were tremendous. So shout out to them. Cowboys, a one-point loss. Tough one to swallow, but I think you've got to respect uh, what the Canterbury Bulldogs did here. As I said, they're missing all those guys. Then Fatal Mariner last three minutes. You had <laughs> you had our boy Jacob Preston. He dislocated his finger, pretty much sticking it through the eye of Max King. So just wild shit happening here to Canterbury. With so many young guys in this back line too, your Hayes Perham, your Paul Alamotzis, these young guys in the very early parts of their career. Jacob Kiraz as well, really. So he debuted last year, I think it was. And what he's doing at the moment is off the fucking charts. 25 runs for 208 metres. You know what? But by Kira's standards, I think that's reasonably quiet. He had two line breaks in there as well. He is just a man on a mission at the moment, Kiraz, and I love watching him play. Thought Alamotti had some nice moments. Josh Adekar obviously had some very, very silky moments. Reid Marnie was solid, played the full 85 minutes, did very, very well in this one. 47-odd tackles. Sorry, 38-odd tackle. No, 47-odd tackles. Jesus, 10 missed tackles for Reid Marnie. Uh, as I said, guys, I was there live, so 10 missed tackles. I didn't expect Reid to miss that many. Maybe you guys were able to see it a little bit better on TV. I will say this about that stadium. Good God, you are a long way away from anything. My eyes aren't fantastic as it is, but fuck me, it's tough to see anything in that ground. Didn't expect Reed Marnie to have 10 missed tackles. I might have to go back and watch that one and see if they were key or what. in which moments they were missed tackles. I thought Ryan Sutton was pretty solid as well. Jacob Preston, 47 tackles, only two missed. Very, very impressive. Um, yeah, Franklin Pelle, he came on, played decent minutes. Would he play 30-odd minutes for him? Pretty decent minutes. I believe he fractured his arm, though, so that's a big loss and that's a bit of a kick in the dick for us super coach players. Isn't this Jade Ockenball thing fucking weird? They're playing him as a back rower at the moment, which is just bizarre. Just shows the depth that they're lacking in their forward pack. Add in a Pele injury, add in a Raymond Fitala Mariner injury. They obviously lost Viliami kick out midweek. They're going to lose him for two games as well. So that was the first game. He won't feature next week. 
Very, very tough position the Canterbury Bulldogs find themselves in. But as per with the Dogs of War, they just find a way to get the job done, and they certainly did in this one. Shout-out to Joshy Reynolds. His first game back in the NRL. Great scenes. The crowd. There weren't many people out there out there at this game, obviously. Sunday night, 6 p.m. in the rain. Very, very, very tough gig. But the crowd absolutely erupted. It felt like there was 80,000 there when Josh Reynolds ran on the field. So shout-out to him. And that moment at the end, fuck, what a moment. Matty Burke. And chip over the top, goes balls, all balls in on that play, and then kicks the field goal. Just tremendous stuff. You'll love to see it. For the Cows, um, yeah, try scorers, Tommy Dearden was a good one. Tom Chester, I thought he had a pretty good game, Tommy Chester. Did a number of really good things. He's a talented kid, Tom Chester. I know he's not. He's obviously not Scott Drinkwater, but I do think he has a lot to offer, Tommy Chester. Val Holmes just got through his work, 16 runs, 140-odd metres, uh, kicked his goals, whatnot. Peter Hicker, how, how many metres did Hicker run for? 140 again, didn't even fucking notice him. He is just a freak, Hicker, just gets through work. Uh, Chad Townsend did a couple of nice things. I thought Griffin Neem, I felt like he was everywhere. He played 61 minutes, Griffin Neem, 15 runs for 146 metres. How many tackles did he make? 32 tackles. Missed six, to be fair, uh, but 32 tackles. I sort of felt like live. He got through a lot of work. Reese Robson got through a bit as well. Highland Lukey got injured in this one. I thought he looked tremendous, and that is no shock to anyone. I think he scored about 72 in Supercoach. I think he had a line break assist, maybe, uh, but he scored really well and attacked really well. Taumalolo, there was a moment there where I thought he was really badly injured. Still ran for 170-odd metres, 33 tackles, only one missed. Pretty solid knock there as well. Peter Hicku, it is something he's got to work out in his game. He's always he has got these games where, you know, he'll either miss no tackles or he'll miss six, seven, eight. In this game, he missed seven, so eighteen tackles, seven missed tackles. Has got to get that sorted. Uh, where are the Cowboys at? I I really don't know to be honest. With you. They're they're obviously missing a lot of key guys. You know, Ruben Cotter. I think there's a fair argument. Right now, at this point in his career, he's probably their best forward. I think it's been Tamalolo for a long time, but I think Ruben Cotter right now, his leg speed and everything has shown how incredibly important he is to this side. I think it's fair to say they probably have lost their best back as well. I think that Chad and Tommy Dearden are so important to this side, but I think that those guys, they're complemented so well by the fullback, Scott Drinkwater. So, I don't know. I'm hesitant to bag the Cowboys too heavily, to be honest with you guys. I think that they they are lacking a couple of really key pieces in their team at the moment that will make a huge difference. They're not getting hugely blown out in games. They're losing close ones. I don't know. I just feel like with the Cowboys, I'm, I'm very hesitant to write them off because I feel like they're a side that when they win, you know, two games in a row, that could quite easily turn into 10 games. And then I look at them and go, you know what? The games that they've lost, like they, they beat the Raiders in the first game, which, you know, round one's always tough. They lost to the Broncos, lost to the Warriors. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Are the Broncos and the Warriors, are they genuinely just good fucking footy sides this year? They're, they're missing guys, the Cowboys. Last week, they beat the Titans. Just lost by one point to the Bulldogs here. I just I don't know what to really read into the Cowboys. I, I do feel like when they start to just win a couple of games... 
there's a good chance they can win quite a few in a row. Next week, they play the Dolphins up there in Townsville. I'll probably back them in to win that one. Dolphins missing a lot of troops and whatnot. Cowboys at home. Could be a real way to kickstart their season. Then they go Warriors, Newcastle, Sharks, Roosters, Dragons. So, bit of a, then the Tigers. Bit of a mixed bag. There are a, tough, a, a couple of tough games in there, but also a couple of games that I definitely think the Cowboys can win. Not riding off North Queensland by any means at this point. I just think... They're not quite where they want to be as it stands right now. Uh, but, yeah, look, I'm not writing them off at all. I think when they start to win a couple of games, they can put together a heap of games. Just need to find some form, find some confidence, get Drinky back, get Ruben Cotter back, and all of a sudden, I think you've got a very different-looking footy side on your hands.